This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and Lillian has come into the studio from the Rural Youth and and Adult Literacy Trust. For a literacy trust, there's a lot of words in this. There is, believe me, (laughs) when I'm introducing myself on the phone, yeah, yeah, it's a mouthful to get out before you even get to say hello. (laughs) You don't don't have that as your email address, eh, Lillian, at Rural Youth and Adult Literacy Trust. Gosh, no, no. At least it's just Lillian at adultliteracy.co.nz. Fantastic. And we often refer to you guys as Ryalt for short. Ryalt for short, yes. (laughs) Yeah, when you get to know us. Yeah, yeah. So if that's what we say today, um, you'll know who we're talking about. Um, and, and there's a few things I want to cover today. One of them is the fact that you're rural. And mm. I think it's a really important conversation to have. Yes. Um, I want to talk about um, the work that you do with youth and who that is, mm-hmm. um, and about adults, and we want to talk about literacy. So we're just going through every part of your name and breaking it up and having Absolutely. a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So first of all, the rural part. I mean, what's interesting is you've, you've trekked over, not just for me today, but um, from Port Waikato. Mm, yes. So that's quite a journey. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot better now with the expressway, but... Um, I mean, it is pretty isolated. Yeah. Um, when we do say, you know, that we're from Port Waikato, they sort of, everyone knows about the holiday camp out there, and that's yeah. pretty much about it. But they, they, oh, all the way out there, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much how it originally got started, is we're good 30 minutes to the nearest town, you know, yeah. uh, Tuako. And um, the literacy centres is in Pukekohe, which is about 40 minutes away from us. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, Joe thought, well, there's a lot of other people in exactly the same situations as us that don't have sometimes the means to get into a literacy centre, you know, 40 minutes, an hour away, um, and they need help. Yeah. So this way we get to reach all the people that are out in the rural areas, isolated areas. Um, We also do towns and you know, um, around the literacy centres too. We feel like we work alongside them really well because yeah. we do one-on-one, it's confidential, it's usually online via Zoom. Um, and when we say isolated, um, it doesn't necessarily mean in a physical sense as well. Yeah, It could be that um, they... Uh, have a bracelet on and they can't go out of the house. Yes. Um, they're crippled by um, the shame and they don't want to be seen as walking into a literacy centre. So this way yeah. it's doing, doing it in the comfort of their own home where they feel most comfortable that they can be, you know, vulnerable. Yeah, and I think that's that really is important. Do you think people... Because people that live rurally or in some of our um, smaller communities... Mm. Culture, there's a different kind of culture, aid eh, sometimes than what we get in the biggest cities. Yes. Do you think it's harder for someone facing literacy issues that comes from a more isolated place? I think definitely like um, getting access, for instance. Um, when you come from such a small town or small village, um, everyone knows everyone. That's exactly you what know. I was thinking. That would be so yeah. hard, eh? Yeah. Whereas in a city, you've got a bit of that... Um, 
that choice of going to someone. Yeah, and being anonymous, you know, probably knowing that the centre's not going to know me, but, you know, everyone's going to know where I'm going to in a little village or town. And, oh, yeah, I'll put my name up for free reading and writing. So it does make it a lot harder. I think it would be. Yeah. It's weird, eh? Um, I didn't flag we're going to talk about this, but but it, it highlights that there is this shame factor around Very much so. literacy eh? or illiteracy or challenges in that space. What, yes. what do you think that's related to? Um, it's just being able to read and write seems to be just the norm and some people can't grasp that people have challenges with it. Yeah. However, if they've got dyslexia or they left school early or they just didn't fit into the whole education mm. system. And having gaps early can cause problems later, eh? Oh, absolutely, yep. So, for instance, um, one of our students, he is 58, when he come to us for help, um, he's still two years deep. But anyway, he used to work on a farm, and he had to develop strategies to be able to, because he didn't know how to read a list that his yeah. farm manager would give him. So he would get the farm manager to say everything out to him, and just memorize it wow and the farm manager didn't even realize that he had a reading and writing problem wow. and he had such a good memory he'd do every single job on the list um but wow. yeah but not because he read it but yes because he memorized it <laughs> well, you're not because he's gone back to it and gone okay done that that and that but, yeah, yeah absolutely and he said in his own words if he was able to read and write when he was younger he probably wouldn't have been a farm worker. He could have done, you know, a whole heap of other stuff, you know. So, so it just opens yeah. up their whole world. Whole world. Mm. Mm, that really is interesting. I, I know when I was, I remember when I was a kid, I struggled to learn to read an analog clock. Mm. So just, it just, my brain just, it just made no sense to me. And yeah. the way it was being explained made no sense at all. Yeah. So I used to just cheat off what other people were doing when we got tested. I thought that was going to get me held back a year. <laughs> <laughs> My inability to read a watch. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember the shame around that and yes. being really embarrassed I couldn't do it. And I actually didn't learn until I was about 11 or 12. Mm. You know, And then it just came to me. Yeah. Like Someone explained it a little bit differently and I went, oh, I, I get it now. Mm. You know, And that's just such a tiny... It's such a tiny thing, and but reading and writing is so fundamental, isn't mm. it, to everything that to, we do? To absolutely everything. My um, one of the reasons why I started working for Riot was my brother's dyslexic, um, and he had a lot of problems when he mm. was growing up um, with it. He was one of the ones that had to leave school early, yeah. go into a labouring job. Um, he was disruptive in the classroom, yeah. you know, when he was there because he wasn't able to read or, or, or get what everyone else seemed to be yeah, picking up. Totally. And so he got put out in, to help with the gardener, for yeah. instance, you know. Um, so he got night classes back in the, uh, I think it was late 1980s, and managed to get his driver's licence and then go on to um, getting his truck licences oh, and brilliant. everything. So he's a truck driver um, nowadays. Um, but, you know, and it's just other things like simple things, shopping lists, Mm. Um, being able to text and communicate, you know, yeah, with, with your family or friends. Um, uh, I wondered if texting was a l- little different, and I'm not sure. Um, like when I text, because I'm old, 
<laughs> um, I write everything out in full. Yeah, oh, yes. And use punctuation. Yeah. Including, you know, parentheses where necessary. Yeah. <laughs> do everything, you know. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> We're of the same generation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but other people don't necessarily, and, and sometimes I do have to translate what a text is that's come in. Mm. Do you think that's... Is that changing reading and writing, or do you not? You know, like, does it make it easier for someone who struggles, or might it make it harder? Because I think it makes it harder because it makes no sense to the rules they might be trying to learn. Or no, exactly, and yeah, yeah, it's just um, everything is is a hurdle for for every you know yeah. for people who have reading writing you know difficulties and yeah. stuff. Um, we find also people you know who are neurodiverse as well you know yeah. that they have barriers and struggles and everything as well and it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent because mm-hmm. um, there's a um, a real misnomer about oh you're not able to read and write properly yeah. or you must be dumb and, and I think that's half of where that shame comes from yeah. as well but that's yeah definitely not the case no no certainly not at all no well, we've moved around a little bit. That was kind yeah. of the, the rural part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, youth. So that is one of the primary areas or spaces you work in. And you sort of touched on that a little bit. Um, mm. But can you tell me about like who those people are? What's the age group and kind mm-hmm. of the area you work in? Like, uh, yep. I mean, physically, like where, who do you t- connect with? Mm. So when we first started out, it was just for adults. Um, yes. Adult literacy uh, to about 2018 where they decided that would start working with youth and um, just last year we've actually started approaching rural high schools um, to offer our support as sort of like a secondary school literacy hub for them so the students that you know they know need help but perhaps don't um, qualify for extra funding you know for teacher aids or anything Mm. like that then hopefully we can step in with our um, volunteer literacy coaches and fill that void and you know and help the kids Um, so it's 13 years and up we're sort of aiming for that year nine to hopefully get them a couple of years before they need to sit NCEA and give them a good fighting chance to sort of be able to pass and get at least that you know that qualification and it's rather than being um you know the ambulance at the bottom of the the cliff hopefully we'll be at the top of the cliff helping them you know before they have to dive off into (laughs) adulthood and all all the fun that goes with that you know yeah it makes a lot of sense um must be tough by the time they get to high school when they've been struggling Mm. and i'm sure i'm sure many of them would be exhibiting other signs like it's when you talked about your disruptive brother yes, yeah yeah because yeah. that that is that outreach isn't it that's mm. that you know that's being scared because yeah. you're definitely yeah. you know and and again the whole shame thing you don't want your classmates to know so you sort Absolutely. of act out or you try and yeah. be that funny kid you know and distract everyone yeah. from hey i'm actually I can't do my work. Look, and, and let's be fair, you know, kids are brutal. Mm. I would have, oh, yeah. I feel I would have been brutal. Like, I don't think I would like to reflect back on yeah. the kind of person I would have been. Yeah. You know, because kids just are. Yeah. You know, yeah. And they'll pick any little thing, any, any little weakness, oh, and they'll, absolutely. they'll go on it. So. so I can totally understand why, why some kids really go to great lengths to hide it, mm. you know? Um, and it is hard. It is hard how people internalise. I had a young man living with me for a, 
um, about a year I convinced was dyslexic going get to, trying to even get a process of diagnosis is not easy no but his um, reading was poor as a result and he had internalized so much mm. um, around being an idiot yeah um, and then you know sociologist by trade you know that labeling theory yes like, where's the label then is a yep. bit of a loser and actually mm. it's just not true at all yeah like, super smart guy and I love what you talked about in that first instance of the um, the farm hand and mm. his memory because mm. my goodness like the ability to be able to yeah yeah and everyone has their different strengths we've got another yeah. student adult student that's looking for help um, and he's finally come to us he's even older I think he's about 66 wow but he is an award-winning artist you know everyone wow. Has, has their different strengths and abilities and one of his wasn't unfortunately reading and writing but he's got big plans I think he wants to launch a website and that sort of Amazing. thing and what he needs to do is to you know be able to learn to read and write so he's he's taken that step which is super brave I was gonna say you know, outrageous and especially at that age too you totally. know so it shows that you're never too old to learn no, you know no. actually it's interesting the examples we've sort of been talking about have been about men do you see more men than women or like is there any kind of gender or sex split here or I think it's pretty even um they're probably probably the students that sort of stick out to me mainly because of the age and everything um but we do have a few um older females um but yeah it does tend to be probably an even split yeah yeah, between you know males and females girls and boys yeah 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 and so we talked about dyslexia um but are there other um conditions for want of a better word (laughs) um that that create some of those barriers or challenges to reading um I think um, when we talk about neurodiversity, it could be yeah. ADHD, not being able yeah. to concentrate in the classroom. And um, again, yeah. my, my other older brother, I, we, looking back now, because my son's neurodiverse too, so he's got ADHD and autism. Yes. And when you get a diagnosis like that, you start looking around your family a little bit and you think, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty sure my oldest brother was undiagnosed ADHD. Yeah. And again, very disruptive and being the funny guy and everything. Yeah. And got kicked out of the classroom because, you know, yeah. he was just disrupting everybody else. So I think there is a lot of other different, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Different things that can contribute. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so I mean, I can see totally why you're talking about um, that focus on youth is really important for yes. being the... Um, the gate or the fence at the top of the cliff. Yes. But um, but adult is also in your name, and mm-hmm. that was where you guys started, eh, was working with adults. Yep, Adult Literacy Trust was our yeah. original name before they um, changed See, it Alt to... See, was a lot easier. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> if only they could stay like that, but yeah. it, it, it's good that we've, um, you know, gone down to yes. um, to teens and 13 years and up and in fact we've had probably feedback from uh, primary school as well wow. um, and intermediate that in fact we could probably help even, the young, even younger because they're worried about the level of literacy that yeah. year 7 and 8 students are going to be going into high school with yeah. you know but we have to sort of unfortunately cut it off somewhere of, yeah when you've you only got so many resources too eh? yeah. hey yeah. so and did do you think COVID's made it harder? 
for, for but, schooling? Yeah, or? I'm just thinking, like, you know, there's been talk about um, kids at school having quite a number of gaps now because they didn't have yeah. that same kind of teacher support in their education. Oh, I reckon definitely. Um, the UNICEF 2020 report that was putting um, youth at about 35% at below, you know, the wow. minimum level or basic level of literacy. And the Education Hub report that came out last year, in fact, I think it's about 40% they reported it at as being below level wow. level one, you know, literacy levels. So I think it is getting worse and worse until we actually mm. start doing something about it, you know, yeah. and maybe changing the way education's happening at the moment. But um, if we can sort of help and do our bit, you know, especially for the little mm. small rural schools, then, you know, oh, absolutely. let's get in there and, and do it. Do the, some of the rural schools, so like I know like in, in some of the bigger schools and in, in towns and stuff, there are often um, additional support teachers in schools. Mm. Um, do some of our rural schools miss out on that additional support? I think sometimes they do, definitely, because it all comes down to funding mm. um, and particularly with um, kids, you know, that aren't diagnosed or anything, but still face struggles themselves, there's no funding there for them. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, my son, uh, he's not he's not bad enough to get funding for an individual teacher aid. Yes. But he still struggles yeah. all year trying to get his work done and being, you know, his one is more writing. Um, mm. He can't physically, he finds it very hard to actually do the writing, but if he can type on a device, that's fine. So, so. isn't it interesting? Because I'm a little curious then why you would be required to write yes. if you could use a device. Because yes. our world has changed, eh? Definitely, yeah. And I think it, it is changing, like, um, it is getting better for kids like my son. Um, they are starting to make more allowances and not yeah. making him fit into the box yes. for instance but actually giving him the same opportunity to um you know yeah. exceed Parti yeah. yeah participate just like everybody else it just he needs extra you know supports for instance or a different tool mm. you know yeah <laughs> i mean it just seems so simple doesn't it yeah if that's what works absolutely so um compared to primary school when you know they'd try and get him to write um a whole page of something yeah. and all he could write was his name yeah. but you give him a um a laptop and he could write, write a whole page you See, know. And, and it's just nuts because if you because if that same school mm. had, say, a child with no arms who was perhaps using their eyes on a keyboard to write, and, you know, it's mm. a pretty awesome form of technology, yeah. you would not require that child to hold a pen. No. You know, it's so, it's, you know, it's, uh, this, you can see, gets me a little bit wound up because yeah. it's that whole <laughs> thing about invisible disabilities, eh? Um, That's it. Which don't have to be a disability yes. if they have the right tools. Yeah. Bloody it, frustrating. Yeah. You know, reading and writing, you know, being illiterate is invisible. And, yeah. and it's not cool, you know. It's, yeah. It's not like, um, you know, someone with a physical disability and, you know, they've, they've got... Thing, something that people can see that, that they've got something wrong with them but you know people with re um, reading and writing struggles um, neurodiversity all that invisible stuff they just don't understand and, and yeah. it so, shouldn't be like that. So you don't make the allowances or create the opportunities no. that would enable just people to participate normally and naturally. Yeah absolutely and even though my son's 
15 and compared to my older brothers you know they're in their 50s now yeah um it's still the same mindset sometimes um that oh he's just been naughty you know yeah. and yeah oh he's having a meltdown because you know oh he mm. didn't get the his way but it's that wasn't the case at all you yeah know? yeah yeah it's it, just yeah developing understanding I think it's really lucky that a lot of our young people not all of them but a lot of them are actually better understood now mm. than what they were you know 30 years ago eh? oh absolutely yeah yeah and you know looking at my brothers what they could have achieved if you know yeah if help had been around like you know Riot, for instance, back in the day, what they could have gone out and done, you know, the world would have been the oyster. So. Yeah, and also mm. the world would have benefited so much more from that, hey, mm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of it. All right, so we've done um, we've done uh, rural youth, touched on, on um, adults, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you take adults of all ages, eh? Yes. Um, from where? Like, do they have to be in a rural community? Do they have to be in the Waikato? Like no, um, so we help uh, students from all over New Zealand. Yeah, um, we'll never turn anybody away. We do have students who come from cities and stuff, um, and like I said, in some way they're, they're isolated, so they need yeah. that one-on-one sort of um, situation rather than going to a group yeah. class at a set time, for instance. Um, sure. So yeah, no, there's no age limit, um, and it doesn't matter where you are, we will. You know, we'll find a way to help you. Yeah. Um, most of the learning is online or via phone. So were you doing it that way prior to, um, you know, the COVID? Were you already, were you like breaking yes. down barriers well before the rest of us? Yeah, <laughs> we, we were doing that quite a way before COVID. So yeah. COVID sort of come along and it didn't really change it too much for us. Um, probably the only thing that's changed is we've stopped doing um, like actual school camps or literacy oh, yep. camps um, yep. in the school holidays because um, obviously that wasn't really yeah, that wasn't <laughs> beneficial. No. Um, and we've sort of, uh, which has actually helped us move our focus now to more towards um, the secondary schools, the rural schools that might need a bit more support and yeah. with their students. So we've worked quite successfully with about four or five schools last year. That's cool. Um, and we've had really good feedback about that. Can you tell me a little bit about, like, so say I was coming to you and I wanted, you know, I, I just sort of made contact with you and said, look, um, I, I've always struggled with reading and writing. I want to start with something. How? What's our mm. first step together? Yep. Um, so pretty, pretty much just a, like a short interview, really, a short chat about how it's been for you. Um, what are your goals? Like, you oh, know, yeah. usually someone's got something in mind um, that has made them take that first step, yeah. you know, in contacting us. So like, for instance, the student that I said before, he he wanted to be able to read to his um, grandchildren. Nice. So he, you know, the, the farm worker, he was unable to um, to read to his kids. But when his grandkids come along, he's like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I, I want to start learning and um yeah, and, and that so that was his why. I um, always talk about yeah. you know people have to have their why why they're wanting to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's cool. I think that's really special. Um, so that that would be the first sort of step is understanding what my goal would be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then yep. you create like a little plan for how yeah. you work together, or yep. So we do an assessment with them. Um, that word 
does um, sort of put fear into a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. um, so we try and sort of ease them into it. Like it's there's no right or wrong. It's there's just, no levels. Yeah, you're not competing against anybody. It's basically just to find out where where you are. And um, where we need to start you off with, you know, because yeah. we don't want to start you off um, at a basic level when you might be, you know, a, a few more levels advanced. up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, with that, I mean, we do, we have all types of levels of students. So we have some people um, who, with the assessment, wasn't weren't actually able to write anything, yeah. or they're not able to read anything. Right up to, we've actually had some university people contact us. They can read and write and everything, but yeah. they want more to work on more technical um, language or writing um, and yeah. having a bit more help there. So again, we don't turn them away. You know, yeah. we can always find um, a coach that is willing to work with them in what area, area, what whatever area they're wanting to work in. So you have coaches as well then that work. So so like mm. if I was to come to you, I'd end up with one person I work with. Yeah. yeah and so it wouldn't be a different person every time. No, no. So you get your mm. own coach, well, your one-on-one coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, we don't set it for a set amount of time. Like sometimes, um, some places might say, "Right, you know, we'd help you for eight weeks, and then yeah, thank you very much." You yeah. know, um, if you after a few months you decide that hey, I've I've like learnt so much, I've completed my goal, I've got my license or yeah. whatever you happen to be going for, and you feel like yeah, that's all good, then that's no problem. Then if you want to keep going, you know, for a couple of years, um, again, the the 58-year-old grandfather, he's been with us for two and a half years now, and he's still going strong with his coach. They meet up um, probably about three or four times a week, so they're very committed, um, and she's very committed to him as well. Um, And he's actually published a book of all his... Stories of his life that he's written and everything, um, and the coach helped him, you know, edit it all, and wow. she didn't do anything for him. It was all him. Yeah. So we've got that book prior to place in our office. We I we bet. bought a copy of that, so <laughs> yeah. that that was pretty amazing. And he's working on the second book. You oh, know, it's incredible. So I, I can guarantee you there'll be someone listening who struggles with reading and writing who would think no one would ever be able to write a book. No. Yeah. You know, and wouldn't it just be incredible that, yeah. you know, actually you can. Yeah. Just it, might take time. Yeah. And, and we publish um, student booklets twice a year as well. So yeah. we, we um, offer for students to put forward a bit of writing. They can oh. put their name next to it if they want to, you know, they feel yeah. proud about it or they can go anonymous. It's, yeah. That's no problem. But um, And we send that out to all our students so they can sort of see... Um, it, maybe it can help inspire them, yeah. um, but also you know a bit of pride. Like I wrote, I wrote that. You know that was me, and it's actually been published, even it's if amazing. it's just in a little booklet. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> How do you get your funding to do all this? Um, well, my manager Joe, that's pretty much her full time job. <laughs> yes, <laughs> applying for funding and grants yeah. and everything. Um, we it has been tough. That is actually yeah. one thing that COVID has affected us is, is funding because. Um, you know, funding has been diverted for yes. a lot of... Um, yeah, yeah, crisis response rather than... Yeah, our. absolutely. Yeah, and, and which is fair enough, but unfortunately things like literacy does sort of tend to slip down the ranks a you little know, bit. And it's interesting because that could be 
one of the most important things like mm. you know in a time of crisis is being able to communicate yeah absolutely and um especially like our work with high schools we've heard stories of kids having or teenagers having to leave school early to go to work to help you yeah. know help the family out and everything so there's those kids that you know are, yeah they're going to have a tough life you know they're going to be very limited with what they're going to be able to do yeah and it wasn't a product of their fault it was you know it's unfortunately circumstance yeah. yeah yeah just terrible but it is amazing work that you do and it's incredible you. that you're here to do it so <laughs> yeah and we've actually pretty much run out of time on oh, our end I know wow. it goes so fast <laughs> we didn't even play a song it was oh, just, yeah. sorry <laughs> no no love it just so much to talk about yes. and um it really is a fantastic organization so if you know someone who could benefit do jump online check them out yes please what's your what's your www address? Uh, so it's www.adultliteracy.ac.nz uh, We're on Facebook as well um, Ryalt Trust and on Instagram too Royal Literacy NZ And I just googled R-Y-A-L-T yeah. so That's us for another week You've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato Free FM 89.0 Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.